Welcome to INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe. Host Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Weeby, and professional Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. Wait, what was that? I went to the Ren Fair yesterday. Whoa! Now, what does that stand for? The Jeremy Renner Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wow. Yeah, we, yeah, there was a there was a Hawkeye area, <laughs> and there was a. <laughs> mostly, I went to hear him. You know his music because I'm. You guys know. Oh yeah. Big, big Ren head. Oh, you're a big Ren head. Yeah, it's... sure. You're still, you're still tore up about his sight going down. Man, it's, I'm, it fucks me up. Uh-huh. The uh, so they, I, it's just strange to me they call it the Ren Fair and not the Renaissance. It's the Renner. Well, there's a whole section for renovations. Where they <laughs> talk about his work on custom mm-hmm. cars. Wow, you know, Ren, the Ren's Ren's big into custom cars. That is, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it so fits my image of. The great Jeremy Renner that it I must mean, be true. I mean, imagine Jeremy Renner uh-huh. walking around a 67 Mustang Ooh. in slow motion Yeah, with other shots of like slow moving, slow motion parts of the car as he's walking, walking around it, putting on sunglasses while music uh-huh. written by Jeremy Renner right. is playing. And it goes sure. like, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And then you just like slow motion, uh, Jeremy Renner driving on the highway with shades oh. on. He's got a $7,000 jacket on that just kind of <laughs> looks like a regular leather jacket. <laughs> but for some reason, it was $7,000. Are there lots of shots of him like closing the hood yeah. and wiping his hands? But his hands are they're real clean. Yeah. Like he's really oh, clean. Yeah. But he's just lots of closing the hood. Yeah. As though Dirt something does just it happened. Does not stick to Jeremy Renner? He tosses his his little towel that he wiped his hands off with in slow motion. Oh. A lot of that kind of stuff. Wow. (laughs) I like that Jeremy Renner and ZZ Top are in the same (laughs) genre. Yeah, it's it's very similar. Uh, well, but after the Ren the Renner fair, I went to uh, the Renaissance fair. Oh, which I've never been to. It was my first time to ever. Now, where was this? Go in Austin, Texas, at Sherwood Sherwood Forest. I think it's called Sherwood. Forest. Out on two ninety. Yeah. yeah, man, it was big. There's a, it was huge. Was it, were there? Sausages on a stick. There were sausages on sticks. There were all, there all turkey, turkey legs. All manner of of uh, uncooked meats, of poorly cooked mm-hmm. culinary delights. Uh, <laughs> like what? Give was, us some examples. There's a lot of uh, public nudity. Uh, not Male, nudity, not nudity. Oh, okay. Not nudity. Just like I saw a lot more flesh than I'm accustomed to seeing uh-huh. on a Sunday afternoon. And there was, you know, Uh it's like this weird mix, though, of like, one, I had no idea that that world was so big. Right. It was like there were fucking, there was, you know, thousands of people, if something like that there, at least 8,000 for sure. Yeah, I've heard Um, like parking at those things isn't, somebody's telling me they waited three hours to park at the one south of Dallas. Yeah. Scarborough Fair? Yeah. Are you going? Are you going to Hey, well, you guys can go as long as you want. We don't need to get copyright on this. Rosemary in time. She once was a true love of mine. Welcome to the International News Service. We're your hosts. I'm Kevin Harrison, along with... I'm Brian Camp. I am Lord Michael Weibel. <laughs> <laughs> of the Elven Forest Clan. So was this a magic Renaissance fair? Well, like I feel like some Renaissance fairs are they're they're historically accurate, and then they deviate from that in varying degrees. It seemed to encapsulate uh, a chunk of real medieval history mixed with a little bit sure. of fantasy. There's some elves. There's a lot of elves there. 
Um, was anyone drinking dwarven mead? <laughs> there was definitely they had mead everywhere. There were definitely some dwarf and dwarven <laughs> types. Um, then you started to kind of get into. We started. There's a little bit of flares. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow was wow. there. There oh, was. Interesting. And then it, you know, kind of devolves down to like, oh, well, that guy's just got a Pokemon shirt on. <laughs> now, were you that sure. guy? I don't own any Pokemon shirts. I just have the tattoos. <laughs> what's the what's the dressed up to normal street clothes ratio? I would say it is five dressed up to every one person not dressed up. Okay. So you'll feel out of place if you're not wearing some sort of Renaissance era or adjacent clothing. A little bit. You do kind of stick out. A little bit more. There's a lot of half and half. There's a lot of like, okay. I've got this vintage, old school bodice, mm. and then I'm wearing <laughs> Lululemon pants. <laughs> now, are those the ones that say juicy on the back? No, I didn't see any that said juicy uh, on the back. I don't but really they looked, thing but they didn't. They said uh, it with just without saying it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of what I would refer to as uh, shelf titties. Ooh. Explain. Okay. Yeah. Like with the like a corset, corset up, up and there's a shelf yeah. and the titties layout on uh-huh. and it's, you know, you could eat a meal off of it. Was there, um, were there books on the shelf or, you know, maybe. Some... I mean, probably there was an Annie McCafferty book sitting on them at some point. <laughs> there's definitely some dragon riders of pern. Mm-hmm. That's right. Watch out for the dreaded thread. And there's a there was a definitely some fellas that uh, I saw a lot of man nipples <laughs> that I didn't really uh, uh, wasn't so excited about seeing. Was it how close was that to just bondage wear? Like uh, that's they, a good question. I didn't know. Most of it was not bondage wear. There wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. There was because there was the there was the period Renaissance, and then there was like the gothy witchy okay. people there. But there was nothing full bondage. Mm-hmm. That being said. I'm willing to bet that there was a lot of HBO's real sex type <laughs> situations going on in the campgrounds next door, you know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and not that you, you, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, um, Oh, I'm going to watch HBO's real sex. Let's, let's get to it. Let's just, oh, we can discuss a be, show that was canceled 25 years ago. This is going to be fun. Our audience knows <laughs> they know it is going to be fun. And then you turn it on and it's, it's, you know, 15 renaissance fair people's buck naked laughing at the word vagina uh, giggling because you know. and it was a weird thing too like the spectrum of kind of looking around is is very like each of these people either has hard drugs on them has like okay. molly like okay. they've, they've got molly they're on molly they've okay. got some ecstasy they have some heroin somewhere or right. some maybe not heroin not as not as quite as as dark as that but what's what was the hardest drug you can do without going completely into darkness Ooh, right trank Frank, yeah maybe like doing. ketamine and they're on it and they have it and they're gonna be on it later and they're sharing it and they can get anything they want at any time or the next person has never even so much as smoked a cigarette has never even like had a uh, soda with caffeine in it. And, right. and the funny thing is like normally those in any other world or any other situation, those people are very obvious. You know, you walk into a room and you're like, Oh, that's the guy you can get drugs from. Oh, that's the guy that uh, won't watch an R rated movie. And here <laughs> those people are side by side and you can't tell them apart because the society is so different right. from regular society. They kind of blend together. Okay. Oh, before we move on, can we just? I just want to make sure we all agree yes. that the age of 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 piracy and privateers was post Renaissance. Yes. So okay, so the Jack Sparrow person was out of costume. I felt that way. Now listen, I okay. wore a traditional Shaolin monk's outfit. <laughs> it's time. It was correct for the time period. I'm sure. Time period correct is just a different continent. Mm-hmm. I my backstory for my character was. <laughs> End up sheets. Yeah, I I had I had it was part of a magical mystical journey that I ended up there and trained with the Shaolin for a while, and then it made mm-hmm. it back to Sherwood Forest in order to 
free my brethren, brethren with my, and I freak everybody out because they're all doing swords, regular ass sword combat. I'm I'm doing fucking kickflips and fucking. <laughs> I got to see a joust, and that was uh, pretty cool. And then oh, I nice. also got to yeah. see a, uh-huh. I got to see a wenches show. Oh, what is and that? Hold on, body some body wenches that Ooh. were yelling at the crowd and making everyone. Uh, just, just it was just a randy, body, risque show that wasn't very <laughs> risque. Uh, uh, well, I, I think I prefer I, that when I'm uh, like in a public space. Would twelve-year-old Mike Weeby oh. have loved the body winches yeah. show, or would like would twelve-year-old or fourteen-year-old Mike Weeby have liked it more? Oh, I think that says a lot about. Hmm. what the show was. I think maybe 12 year old would have okay. liked it more. It wasn't very, it Got wasn't it. sexy. The, the wenches yeah. were real gross looking, but they're just <laughs> making fun of people. There was one uh, thing there was, there was a guy that would stick his head through a, uh-huh. a hole and you could throw tomatoes at him, but oh, he, nice. would, he would roast you while you're doing it. And he said some really fucking cruel, mean things to people. And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was uh, really were, hilarious. Were you that man? No, I don't want to throw tomatoes. I can't even touch those things. I'm allergic. Uh, oh God, damn it! Stop it! I had to get actually oh. really far away from that, but just in case. Uh, I bet you did. I'm surprised you could even hear it. That must have been awful for you. What a you know what a scary day that was at the Renaissance Fair. Well, it, I mean that and the the spec the looming specter of death that came by it was actually just a guy in a skeleton outfit, but. Uh, <laughs> There was, um, what else was there? There was, I went and had a, it was a choice between an old fashioned Viking made traditional mead or what they call a, a whited claw. (laughs) (laughs) Mango flavor. So I had the Ah, the whited claw, the whited mango claw. Wow. Imported from the new world. Yes. Yes. I do wonder, like, definitely there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of uh, weird fucking that went on yeah. somewhere after the fact. Oh, sure. But I wonder, like, how much... Because it was, it, was, it was a chunk of change yeah. by the end of the whole thing. And uh, especially with drinks and stuff, like, I do wonder how much money you can make. It was one of those things... And Avery, because Avery went, too. And, your your and comedy partner. My comedy partner, Avery. And uh, my wife went, and she was... Um, <laughs> Who's not, not your comedy partner. Because yeah, I think I, I think we've probably all made fun of those people a little bit here and there. Sure. Maybe, maybe more than I, a little. As I, as I was walking around in there, I realized, like, uh-huh. there but for the grace of God go I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, they're just having fun. They are right? just having I mean, fun. It's just like a... I, I don't think we've ever cruelly made cruelly. fun of anyone. Like I've never, yeah. I, I've, I've maybe poked fun at them, and also, but yeah. fully realizing, like I'm, I'm, I'm only a couple shades away from this, right? In, right. In, in a different direction. You were there because you like all that stuff. I mean, that's yeah. The, but that being said, a... I've never been before. So, yeah. but I don't no. know. Maybe it's just on your third time. You're like, well, now I need to own some chainmail. <laughs> You'd be a fool not to invest yeah, at that point. Exactly. So, this week, we have a news story, a bonus story for our Patreon listeners. God and damn. Mike has a news story for us and get to know your podcast. What the fuck? That's a lot God happening. damn. It is. On, on top of an update from the Renaissance Fair? Uh, yeah. This is The listeners are in for a treat. Uh, action packed. So our first story comes to us from La Libre, which is a Belgian newspaper. No, that's Spanish. Well, uh, uh, does it mean the people? I think it means the paper, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't speak Belgian. That's Spanish. That's Spanish. Libre is Spanish. It's a constellation, right? Are you a Libre? No, I'm a Virgo. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting back to the international listener. I feel like we've abandoned the good people of... Bel- uh, we've never had a Belgian story before, I don't think. Are you sure? I thought there was like... Uh, I'm sure we've talked about the muscles from Brussels. Oh, <laughs> we, did have a, we did have that robbery that where the everybody was distracted looking the other way because Jean-Claude Van Damme was walking down the street and nobody noticed right. the guy who got away. That was like a year ago. 
the greatest jewelry heist of all time in the modern era. Yeah. Second only to Murph the Surf. What? Mm. Mm-hmm. So earlier this month, residents of a house on a Brussels street were awoken at 5 a.m. to a game of Monopoly being played loudly on the sidewalk in front of their house. The players were three men and a woman. It's not clear who the thimble piece or the car were, but it was speculated that the players were all drunk. Hey, Kevin. Yes. Were the men all six foot tall and full of muscles? No, no, they, they weren't. The father of the family who lived in the house then confronted the Monopoly players and asked them to leave. Things got heated, and that's when the family's son appeared, wielding a sheathed samurai sword. A fight broke oh. out, and the players tried to grab the sam- uh, one of the players tried to grab the samurai sword, and that's when the sheath broke. Now, it's not clear what happened next, but police arrived and called for an ambulance for the player who grabbed the sheath and the son. They were both arrested. The son is apparently in critical condition after severing one of his arteries. The player, however, was released after a hearing. Apparently, area residents reported seeing bloodstains and Monopoly money scattered around the area when they got up later that morning. <laughs> so what was the, what was the inciting incident again? Playing Monopoly in front of a house on the sidewalk in front of a house at 5 a.m. Uh, I think Sunday morning. But what uh, what happened to cause the thing? Did somebody like not? It was what was the what was the disagreement over specifically within the game? <laughs> Stop! I, I don't. No, no, it wasn't within the game. The the father right. in the house, the the family in the house was woken up because people were like, "Fuck yeah, give me my two hundred dollars for pass and go." They said it mm-hmm. in Belgian though, and. Uh, and they're like, it's Belgish. Yes, in Belgish. So we went down and said, stop doing that. And a fight ensued in which a samurai sword later appeared. Yeah. No, all of this sounds um, actually, it's not surprising to me at all. For Belgium? For Belgium. Or, okay. That doesn't, this yeah. doesn't happen in the States. This happens in Belgium. No, their sword culture is out of line yeah. over there. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. I don't, I wouldn't feel safe going. Basically, everybody in, in Belgium is either a uh-huh. ninja turtle okay as well is decked out with weapons like a ninja turtle or uh-huh. Casey Jones the sports well, this is, warrior it sounded kind of cool actually <laughs> is that what he went by yeah he was a sports warrior or that's what they call him <laughs> in the right now were there the any brains inside robotic bodies Maybe Krang might have been might have been involved for sure. Uh, yeah. Can I tell you guys a true story about Belgian and how like uh, this that why this rings familiar? And I wish Mark Ryan was here. He's not here because Mark could verify it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Riverboat Gamblers were on tour over there in Europe, and Mark Ryan was playing guitar for us on that tour. And right. we we had a show in Belgium, and it was great. And uh-huh. everybody, we was the best show ever. And I know everybody in the whole crowd got laid because <laughs> I know this because the door uh-huh. guy, the weird door guy got laid. Uh-huh. And I know that the weird door guy got laid because he did it a couple feet from me. Oh, you talked about and, that. Uh, have we told this story before? Yeah, we told this story on the, on, oh uh, God, it must've been, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Well, quick recap. Okay. Belgian guy comes into our room and Mark Ryan's asleep in there and uh the rest of the band's asleep and i just see fucking i see i see the whole thing from the <laughs> from the ass end yeah i look straight mm-hmm. up and i see just peas going in v's and sure. matted wet hair he's going in v's <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and i get the smell of curdled milk wafting yeah. my way with every pump and undulation <laughs> those cheeks have been closed for a long time yeah and so and i said hey this is and the next thing you know i'm screaming at a fucking naked belgian man in, in my room <laughs> as one does so yeah you can you can listen to mike's full story uh i don't know it's about six months back but uh also i believe it was uh memorialized in a riverboat gambler song was it, it? I, was, I thought it was <laughs> apparently it wasn't that's my knowledge. All right. We only sing about, I only sing about capitalism and how much I don't like it. Yeah. What is, yeah, what is you the, guys have always been pretty political. What is the problem with uh, modern society, Mike? 
late stage capitalism. <laughs> Let's just take a moment of silence for that to soak into the listeners' minds. <laughs> yeah, if they've they've all been blown. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of. Sometimes you'll hear somebody go like, "I don't like capitalism" or whatever, uh-huh. and they're just parroting something they've overheard before. But when I, you know, when I say late stage capitalism, you know uh-huh. that I mean business. Damn. That I've done my homework right. and that right. I know what I'm talking about. So just, it, it is interesting that we're talking about Monopoly. You bring uh-huh. that up. What, oh, sure. Now, what board game would you play? Would, you know, it's 5 a.m. and you're just like, you're out in the streets and you're like, uh-huh. I need a fucking board game right now. What What game would you guys play? In order to wake somebody up or just to play? Just because you need to play right now. I would get a Parker Brothers Ouija board. Oh, sure. Oh, you're waking the dead. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Brian? Mousetrap. Oh, also Mousetrap's a classic. A I feel like mm-hmm. the wind, since we're outside, could knock something <laughs> over and really set the right. whole Rube's goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We wouldn't play. We would just set it up yeah. over I mean, and over again w- to try to make it work one time. Or there'd just be like the old frat game of... Uh, Last person to finish has to eat the cracker. You were in a fraternity, Kevin. No, I definitely wasn't. I really want there to be a board game called Circle Jerk right now. (laughs) And it's just it's just a square with like a little dot in the center. Oh no. And that's the whole that's the game. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And with like a little, with like one of those really cheap plastic timers, Days of Our Lives timers. Yeah. You could sell, you can make a mint at Christmas on those. Circle jerk the game. Just think of the Spencer sales alone. Oh, Spencer's is, you're going to clean up at Spencer's. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Don't steal our idea, listeners. Well, what about, and this also too, like just a random thing. You might be able to get some of those put in gadzooks. Ooh, true, true. (laughs) That's right. We might need to have an alternate box top for that. To make yeah. it past Gadzooks. A lot of kids going to Gadzooks. Can we win one? So our next story is a bonus story. Bonus. 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 So if you want to listen to this, go. Nope. <laughs> Did you do like a Cosby yeah, no, show? It was like a, like Bobby a, McFerrin. It was like a, at the end of a, a Seinfeld baseline. Oh. Uh, that's good that's good it's a real treat for the listener if you want to listen to this go to our patreon and subscribe at least to three dollar level patreon one dollar level well you don't get this is a one dollar level you need at least a three dollar level three dollar level the knights of kevin level costs less than a cup of coffee and uh, right. you'll get access to this and all of our other bonus stories, but I'll give you a little hint here. $3 a month, what does that even mean to you? Well, this... Think of think of all the causes you've donated money to oh, that are never going to go yeah. the way you want ever. Yeah. yeah, All that environmental stuff, it's a good idea. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. At least put it somewhere where it'll make a difference. And you'll make a difference. More people will hear this podcast. You will enjoy this mm-hmm. podcast. Our Patreon is the only way Brian's child is ever getting into college. Mm-hmm. We talk about the issues. Yeah, we talk about them. We're talking about the issues. We're not afraid. We're not afraid <laughs> to cross <laughs> the aisle and go up the street. Nope. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, oh, around the corner, fudge is made. So no. God damn it. So I'll give you a little taste here with this story. Uh, a taste? Is that what the first thing you little, think of? Yeah, a little, little taste of the fudge around the corner here. This story is about a little hack that might win you a lot of money in something called the lottery. So, Mike, I think it's time to get to know your podcast. Well, unfortunately, Mark Ryan isn't with us uh, today. That's a real bummer. It is a bummer because I wanted to talk about how Miami Vice is an American crime drama television series created by Anthony Yurkovich and produced by Michael Mann. 
Mm-hmm. For NBC, the series stars Don Johnson as James Sonny Crockett and Philip Michael Thomas as Ricardo Rico Tubbs, two Metro Dade Police Department detectives working undercover in Miami. The series ran for five seasons on NBC from 84 to 89. The USA Network began airing reruns in 88 and then broadcast a previously unaired episode during its syndication run of the series on January 25th, 1990. Wow. Unlike standard police procedurals, the show drew heavily upon 1980s new wave culture and is noted for its integration of contemporary pop and rock music and stylish or stylized vocals. Visuals. Cut that. Visuals. I'll edit this one. Yeah. Yeah. People Magazine states that Miami Vice was the first show to really... Look new and different since color TV was invented. Wow. And then Michael Mann obviously did a movie of it in 2006 that I tried to rewatch recently and wasn't that great. Okay. Really? That was with Colin Farrell? Is that right? Yeah. It was just real slow. Like, there were good things about it, but... Who played Tubbs? It was really, really slow. Jamie Foxx. Okay. That's what I thought. Who was great in it. I had a good time, though. I was... Actually, we were talking about Vegas earlier... One time I was stuck in Vegas for like a week. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was going to the movies every day a lot. I went and yeah. saw Miami Vice in the theater in Vegas. I don't know why it matters. It's in Vegas. It really doesn't. Other than <laughs> it just, I was remembering it was a weird time. But I saw uh-huh. it like in the afternoon. And uh, there was these these loud ladies that were sitting like in front of me that made the movie like so much better. They were really <laughs> loud and talkative. And uh, at one at one point, like uh, Crockett and Tubbs are sitting there with Nick talking to this drug dealer, and the drug dealer looks at Crockett and goes, "I like you. I feel like I can trust you." Then he looks at the at the other guy and goes at Tubbs, and he goes, "But you, I do not like. I do not feel like I can trust you. I do not like the look of you." And this the lady in front goes, "I think they both look pretty good." Woo! <laughs> and they just they just started hooting and hollering and it was fantastic. <laughs> Miami Vice. I I was more thinking about this show because Mark Ryan uh-huh. has sort of I gotten me uh-huh. very amped on watching reruns of the TV show on Tubi. Yep. Sponsor of the podcast Tubi. Oh yeah, Tubi. Have you been rewatching <laughs> I Thanks, have Tubi. been. They've we've never had a sponsor. Well, Tubi, no, well, Tubi. Tubi started. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been rewatching it, and I really didn't watch too much Miami Vice when it originally aired. Okay. I watched it a little bit. It was mm-hmm. kind of, it was kind of, because what's it's, so it started? What what did I say? It started in 1984. You, you were in elementary school, yeah. So some of it was a little bit over my head. I was in the fifth grade, I remember, and my teacher went on this Christian rant about, uh, she was really Christian and she had a painted face and she just looked like a, like a stupid ventriloquist dummy. And she, she, Oh God, just, just so much makeup and, and just that phony Christian smile, you know, that just, I'm happy all the time. And she's, Uh, she's she's coping with, a failure of a life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's a school teacher. But she's matching wits with nine year old Mike Weeby and sometimes losing. Yeah. yeah that's a bad probably a bad start. Yeah. So she says about how something about how the satanic agenda is winning because Miami Vice is on TV and yeah. how Miami Vice is is making everything in the world worse and how like it, my, the TV show Miami Vice with this, all its glorification of sex and drugs and violence is bringing down the uh-huh. fabric that is this great country. And the one, that's a stupid thing to be talking about in front of a bunch of fifth graders. That's, and that's fucking ridiculous. And right. I knew that. Uh-huh. And then I went home and uh, keep in mind, I'd been watching or like I'd been casually watching Miami Vice for, you know, a couple of years now, even though I wasn't that into it. I wasn't not into it because it was too 
violent or it freaked uh-huh. me out. It was because it was kind of slow right. and kind of boring. Right. And most of it was just kind of them walking around and talking and stuff. There really weren't that many gunfights. A lot of faraway looks. A lot of faraway yeah. looks, yeah. a lot of staring it out into the out into the middle distance. The Atlantic Ocean. Ah. Mm-hmm. Under the neon glow. So I brought this up to my mom. Uh-huh. This is how fucking stupid Miss Hildebrand is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. say fucking, but I said this is how stupid Miss Hildebrand is. Oh, this is you talking to your mom. Yeah, right, my yeah. mom. Okay. Okay. This is, uh, Which one of us is your mom? No one needs. No one needs. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said she. She. She says that Miami Vice is bringing down the fabric of the coat that is the American people, and that it's <laughs> Satan or something. Uh-huh. And then my mom who at the time wasn't too fond of having her own opinion about anything was just like, well, she's right. And you're not allowed to watch it. And, oh, I, was like, man. I, and I was like, we've, I've watched it in the room with you before. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, I, I know you haven't. I don't know. I can't remember what, how she got out of that. I was like, I, I don't think right. you have or whatever. Like, no, we've watched it. It's not bad. It's on TV. It's on regular TV. Right. It's on, you know, I, I didn't know how to describe network TV. I wasn't as advanced in show business as I am now when I was in the fifth grade. Right. This was before the Wharton films. You had made a Jack yeah. Wharton movie. Yeah. 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 There was no Jack Wharton. I mean, admittedly, Miami Vice is a big influence on the Jack Wharton series. Oh, sure. <laughs> At least the, the clothing. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the soundtrack. Very clear. You know, and then it was like this thing of, you're not watching Miami Vice, are you? And like... I didn't want to until that yeah. point. Yeah. I got a question. Do, okay. do you think, was your mom reacting to her just adopting someone else's opinion? Yes. Or do you think she was concerned about the idea of an adult having an opinion that if she didn't agree with would reflect poorly on her? You see, I'm getting at, was it more like, oh, I, this is, I shouldn't be letting my son do this. Yes. It was, the, a little it, bit was of both, it was or? probably the latter. I think, okay. you know, it was okay. definitely like, there was, it was that thing of, of like this, this that trend happened a million times of like <laughs> things I would do or like listen to or watch or uh-huh. engage with right. publicly Ooh, in front skating, all the time. Right. And if one moment of attention would have been paid to those things, were they truly like a thing that I should not have been doing that was warping my young brain or destroying the the fabric that is that great piece of that piece of mm-hmm. pantalones those mm-hmm. those trousers that make up the American way <laughs> that that uh, but uh-huh. you know I'd be, it'd be a thing that I'd suddenly oh you're she'd hear something at church and they'd come through and go like hey it turns out this whole time that you know all that all that Dungeons and Dragons your kids have been playing oh no is actually killing all you know you're yeah. probably gonna probably gonna mm-hmm. that's probably bad i'm like well you've been in the room while i've been doing it and <laughs> literally going like ah throw the axe at the dragon like, how, <laughs> how? it's not a good move by the way yeah uh yeah it's not unless your axe is a well, have plus five on dragon killing well there you go some sort of vorpal axe perhaps yeah, possibly <laughs> that's right a magic axe over. You couldn't make out the Elvish that read of returning until mm-hmm. the first time it came oh, back. No. Ooh. And somebody had to prove that was always the plan and not just made up for. Anyway. But, uh, so, yeah. Miami okay, Vice, yeah. I'm though, sorry that you went through yeah. that. But Mark, it got, got us watched in the show. Right. And the Little Miss Dangerous episode. The Little Miss Dangerous episode. It is such a weird well, hold on. Let me before I get to this. Okay. Yeah. What, tell me your childhood experiences with Miami Vice and how it have affected and tore apart your families. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a good story about this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like I watched it like it was on, and I in my head I imagined that I liked it, but I remember so little of the episodes that I think I mostly played with toys while it was on in the background and I waited yeah. for shootouts. But one yeah. time I visited. My uh, father's parents, my you know, my grandparents on my father's side for the weekend, and they're like, "What do you, what do you do on Friday nights?" Like Miami Vice. So we all sat and watched Miami Vice, and my 
grandmother was horrified by it and asked me really, really aggressively, like, are these the shows you you like to watch? And I didn't have an answer for her. I went to bed. Oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> but they were. They were the shows I like to watch. What about you, Brian? Did you watch it at all? N- no. And I, I, upon reflection, I think it was mostly my parents appreciating the fact that I wouldn't like it because there wasn't much. I think I, I would. I remember my older brother had a TV and I would watch. We'd watch Carson and stuff later on at night. Yeah. If we were up, and I don't think, and maybe it was that classic, out of sight, out of mind, so nobody said anything. But yeah, I didn't, just, I, I would never, it was never something I wanted to watch. So, just yeah, didn't hit me at the right yeah. age. Yeah, I mean, I think if we would have been three years older, it would have been oh yeah, voraciously consumed. But it, it's weird, too, because watching that and remembering there was some sort of an outcry yeah. of, like, how can TV get this deplorable? I mean, I obviously I realize a lot of things have changed since 1985 about what we show on network TV, but, like, nothing really happens in it. I mean, I guess some right. gunfights, some very silly, phony-looking gunfights. I don't know what is that much harder than Law and Order, which is fairly tame to me. I mean, I I think that there was definitely like overt drug use and like overt prostitution. Yeah. And, you know, but on the one hand, on the other hand, it's Saturday night. We're going to go to church tomorrow where we hear about the prostitutes and the sinners. And I don't know how this is really that different. Was there anything in the show that you couldn't have seen on Hawaii Five O just mm. a couple decades earlier? That's the question. I don't feel like I don't think so. I don't really know that there was. The good guys are still good guys, yeah. and maybe sometimes some of them get killed, but there wasn't any like ambiguity about right. the good guys being good guys. Right. I mean, Hill Street Blues probably had more conflict and in, in difficult like situations with who the good guys are yeah. than. Miami Vice. Yeah, I would think so. But you never heard right. anybody get upset about Hill Street Blues. But Hill Street Blues also was on later. Like, it let's, wasn't. Let's be careful out there. It, like, it was harder to be like, oh, the kids are up at 10, you know, when Hill Street Blues is on. Well, they showed Sipowitz's butt in NYPD Blue. Well, that was I remember that. I, that's when I, I stayed knew. up late for that. That's why I didn't. That's when I started tuning in. Ever since I saw Die Hard 2, I was obsessed with seeing that man's <laughs> bare buttocks. You know, I will say, though, yeah. I remember what a huge, even without watching it much, uh-huh. that first couple of years, what an insane phenomena yeah. Miami Vice was. It was yeah. so popular, and it really changed the pop culture landscape fashion wise like things got very oh yeah you know because i was 1984 and i don't know that whether it's a chicken or an egg came first but like i feel like it definitely like those white blazers i mean clearly they didn't yeah. make those up for that show that was a miami thing i guess i assume but afterwards like it was such a go-to to look like that right and the, the yeah. shaving thing like the being scruffy. I remember that being a big deal that was like... I'm still scruffy. That, that Well, I remember that being a big deal that was talked about a lot yeah. back then that me as a fifth grader heard about somehow was like there was a device that came out called the Miami Machine oh, that no. was like a... Like a it basically, it was just a, a razor that was set with like a guard at like three or four. So uh-huh. every time you shave, you still have stubble all the time. And... Just like what a big deal it was that you could be walking around with stubble all the time and on purpose, stubble on purpose. What year did Duran Duran's Rio get released? Because that I'm seeing that video and I seem to recall them wearing blazers with the sleeves. And that seems like a, a band that aligns perfectly with the rise of Miami Vice, right? Yeah, they got that... Uh... Uh, what's the name of that guy who drew the cover on that? Uh, Nagel? Yeah, Patrick Nagel. Patrick Nagel, yeah, yeah. Well, the show's title, most of the episodes focus on combating drug trafficking and prostitution, which is drug trafficking, is that vice? I know prostitution is vice, but is drug trafficking? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's vice. Any kind of crime that really is hurting the user but we're going to punish their user anyway, I think is vice. I always felt like 
anytime you'd see vice on cops, it was always like a, a cop that had to go hang out in like a, like a public bathroom and try to get like <laughs> solicitors on them and go like, I do this all day. <laughs> He's all bummed <laughs> out about it. Let's see here. Episodes often ended in an intense gun battle, claiming the lives of several criminals before they can be apprehended. An undercurrent of cynicism and futility underlies the entire series. The detectives repeatedly re refer to whack-a-mole as the nature of drug interdiction with <laughs> a parade of drug cartels quickly replacing those that are apprehended. And uh, the producer says, even when I was on Hill Street Blues, I was collecting information on Miami. I thought of it as a sort of modern-day American Casablanca. It seemed to be an interesting socioeconomic tide pool. The incredible number of refugees from Central America and Cuba, the already extensive Cuban-American community, and on top of all that, the drug trade. There is a simple, fascinating amount of service industries that revolve around the drug trade. Money laundering, bail bondsmen, attorneys who service drug smugglers, Miami has sort of become the Barbary Coast of free enterprise gone berserk. Wow. All right. I got another question okay. for you, film bus then. Okay. Right. So the movie Scarface came out in 83. Okay. How much of Miami Vice was a lift oh, wow. on the themes of Scarface? How much of what that guy described about enthralling him about Miami was just him went and saw, he saw Scarface in theaters and thought, man, this make a good TV show. I'm willing to bet 100%. Like yeah. most network, most network TV shows were a watered down rip of a couple of really popular movies. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about it with the Larsana right. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Originally, they were going to cast Nick Nolte and Jeff Bridges. Oh, uh, that'd be good. Or Mickey Rourke was considered for a role. Larry Wilcox from Chips. It would have been oh, yeah. absolutely awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful in that role. His life took a turn, didn't it? I, didn't something happen to him? I feel like. I don't know. I think post chips, he just faded away. I mean, I like to think he just went into whatever cornfield he came out of. He never, <laughs> you know, he just never rose the heights of Eric Estrada post chips. All right, for the listener, yes. I'm just going to advise you to look up Larry Wilcox, and before you look at an image of him, think, what would William Shatner's younger brother look like? <laughs> and that's what you're going to see. I'm just Whoa. telling you, it's going to be a real treat for you. Listening to it now, the soundtrack is, I can't imagine anybody affording this soundtrack anymore. Like, if you were going to do that now. It has right. so many, like, cool, very popular hot things it's just that weird thing to go like oh no all these bands were kind of were kind of up and coming like duran duran pink floyd peter gabriel the i think that that's probably the phil collins song that they play the, yeah yeah that, like that's super famous but they also had a bunch of cool kind of you know punk adjacent and punk stuff like devo and pil Billy Idol, The Damned, Suicidal Tendencies. Got, oh. a little, got a little Iron Maiden in there, the tubes. Oh, man. Were they, were they at some point possessed to skate? Were I believe they, that they there... probably were possessed by a demon called skateboarding. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, so uh, now I'm going to ask one more follow-up because we know we asked about ripping off Scarface. All these shows, especially when we talked about some of our other and your favorite early TV shows, what shows, well, one, I'm sure the music was, it was such a popular, I mean, that's, that's the scale of the popularity of the show was it probably was launched in your best interest to get anything. Yeah. Any, anybody would want their song featured in Miami Vice because yeah. you'd get half the country to hear it. What, what TV shows ripped off Miami Vice? Like surely a show that popular had other networks desperately trying to know. copy that, I'm sure. I and mean, Riptide. All I can think of is Riptide, yeah. right? But yeah. surely that Riptide is the. It's. I love that show, but it is. Come on, it's got the boss in it. It's got. Did it have the, the boss? Oh, I thought you meant nah, Brian, the robot. Brian Bosworth. <laughs> no, that would have been a much better <laughs> ripoff of Miami Vice. Yeah, I mean, the movie Stone Cold is. You know, I mean, I would say. I would say that it really cemented that kind of 
detective, private detective, the the detective that's really, really cool, <laughs> that fucks all the time, <laughs> that that is constantly drawn to the wrong woman who's constantly on the edge uh-huh. of getting falling over. And I don't think they created that, but I would I would bet that it helped cement that okay. trope. You know? Okay. So Don Johnson blew the fuck up from this. Don Johnson ends up being uh, playing Sonny Crockett. Had a hit song? Oh, yeah. Had a big hit song. He was the breakout solidified star of the show. Uh-huh. And it's weird because as big as of a star was, I, like Philip Michael Thomas didn't really, he's had just as much screen time. Yeah. And wasn't there as much. Like, yeah. it just kind of. Kind of nothing really he's happened. Kinda, to he's him. the more interesting actor, and I think he yeah. has better charisma. He appeared in a variety of movies and TV shows, including guest appearances on Law and Order and The Pretender. But I don't remember ever seeing him do anything else. Not oh, yet. This is this might blow your mind. Okay. In 1988, he was in a film where he played a character known as Policeman Mickey Polenko. The Wizard of Speed and Time. Oh, Ooh. that's an obscure one. That's 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 a deep cut for our listeners. Unless you were at my birthday party several years ago, <laughs> you do not know the movie The Wizard of Speed and Time, but it's on YouTube, so you can check it out. He was he was in that after Miami Vice. Well, yeah, but that guy was an animator, so he probably like shot it two years earlier. And then by the time he got it all animated. Oh, yeah. It does look like it started in 1979. Yeah, I see. So anyway, okay. are you guys in ready late, to wrap? Okay, go in ahead. In the late 80s, he released a uh, several albums of music, including the album Living the Book of My Life, <laughs> which is a profound title. Wow, that's not pretentious was, at all. The, the album was inspired by his personal philosophy and spirituality. He had some guest roles on TV shows like Nash Bridges with his old buddy Don Johnson and... Ooh. That's so Raven. He also did voice work for animated TV shows and video games, including, obviously, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, where he played the character of Lance Vance. (laughs) Good name. (laughs) In recent years, Thomas has become a motivational speaker using life experiences Uh to encourage others to pursue their dreams, live their best lives. There was this episode called The Lost Madonna, and it's considered to be one of the most controversial episodes of the series. The episode was scheduled to air January 21st on, of 88, uh-huh. but after it airs, NBC decided not to rebroadcast it or include it in its syndication packages. On that episode, it was uh, a storyline involving a group of white supremacists who kidnapped a famous black singer named Judy Hicks, played by... Patty LaBelle. Ooh. There's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of music stars that have acting roles in this yeah. film. She's a she's got a good uh uh macaroni and cheese recipe. I use it a lot. Yeah. What? Yeah, for events and stuff. Like what Is are you she... gonna bring? And I bring my macaroni and cheese, my Patty LaBelle macaroni and cheese. I change a couple things up and people just can't stop raving. How is she in the shelf titty department? A plus. Well, I'm glad you've reduced you've reduced a storied American musician's career to her chest. That's really great. <laughs> well, in this episode, both, okay. you know what? You're both very mature. They threaten to kill her unless she renounces her support for a political candidate who was favored by the black community. The episode was considered controversial at the time because it depicted graphic violence and racial tension. According to reports, NBC received numerous complaints from the viewers who found the episode offensive and disturbing. As a result, the network decided not to air it again, and it was subsequently pulled from circulation. For years, The Lost Madonna remained unseen by the public, and it was considered a lost episode. However, in 2010, the episode was released on DVD as part of the complete series box set and has been available for fans to watch ever since. Oh, here's a here's a little little Sonny Crockett story. Okay, Don Johnson's character Sonny Crockett was supposed to jump out from a hotel balcony into a swimming pool. However, Johnson refused to perform the stunt as he was afraid of heights. Can you believe it? What <laughs> a fucking pussy! <laughs> In order to salvage the scene, the show's director John Nicolella 
Nicolella, that's I said it right, came up with mm-hmm. a creative situation. He had a body double jump from the balcony into uh-huh. the pool while wearing a jacket identical to the one Johnson's character was wearing. Wow. Which is exactly <laughs> what having a stunt yeah. double is supposed to do. Right. Right. Did they invent, did I, they invent maybe this? Maybe that's when they invented this. <laughs> the shot was then edited to make it appear as though it was Johnson who made the jump, which wow. is... That's exactly TV what magic. a stunt double does. Yes. This, yeah. The plan um, worked perfectly, I'm... and the scene became one of the most memorable moments in the show's first season. Johnson later admitted that he regretted not doing the stunt himself, but was impressed by Nicolella's ingenuity in finding a way to make it work. I don't think that... That's the worst story That's the ever. worst story I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like saying, hey, what oh, if no. we did the thing we always do? Aren't I a genius? One time they were trying to figure out a way to convey action happening on the screen when someone pointed out, what if we filmed it with a camera? <laughs> so we went ahead and turned the camera on. But it was and my actually idea. Shot it. And it, normally, up until this point, every type of, of show was just radio. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm going to go watch my show, which meant you staring at your radio while you listen to, <laughs> to the show. That's right. Right, but we had cameras this whole time. Just nobody thought to yeah. turn them on and film them simultaneously while recording the songs. Someone finally utilized the screen. What a, what a, what a great day in the history of TV film stuff. We've been we've been on this for seventy five minutes. Are we close to? Yeah, we're done. Well, that wraps up another week in the International News Service. Find us across social media, International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. If you're going to get in trouble for doing something loud in front of a neighbor's house at 5 a.m. that leads to samurai sword fights, hospitals, and arrests, make it because you were listening to INS. Check out the INS merch store at Redbubble and our Patreon, and don't forget to check out our subreddit at r slash INSpod. We'll see you next week. Suck my dick, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the stuntman said. Thank you said. for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS, the news you need. Hey, this is film superstar Jeremy Renner. In my life, I've faced all kinds of threats. What with Ultrons, Lokis, uh, Incredible Hulks, and a skeleton man. But the biggest threat I ever had to face of all is the danger of snowplows. Did you know that 47,000 people get run over by snowplows every year. Snowplows are the number one leading cause of death for recreational skiers in America, even more than trees. Won't you join me in my fight against snowplows? Call 1-800-RENERVENGE so we can get Renervenge on these snowplows. It's like revenge, but more rennery. While you're at it, why don't you come see my new movie, The Grumpy Cat Movie, in which I play Grumpy Cat. And I don't even use any prosthetics to look like Grumpy Cat, because I just already have that fixed. Well, see you in in the movies. Uh, Again, I'm Jeremy Renner, uh, one of the most charismatic, cool guy, movie, movie, movie and music stars in the world. Thank you.